0: Buddy, and welcome to this week's edition of the media boat podcast today is august the 18th 2021 this is episode uh, i have 293. no idea three two ninety three okay good call um, and if you don't know what the media boat podcast is we talk about media as the name implies Including movies television video games and music but not necessarily in that order my name is matt his name is mike
1: i'm mike he's matt keeping count here of what we're doing Also, <laughs> yes. there's an elephant in the room if you're on yeah. the youtube podcast
0: it is if you're watching the video version of this you'll notice something over mike's shoulder um it's um if you're it's... not watching
1: us on our youtube podcast Now's your chance to pause it and head over to YouTube, search <laughs> the Podcast, and find the latest episode.
0: Anyways, let's stop burying the lead here. We're going to start this week's show with video games. We're going to do a reverse show, in order uh, so that way you can talk about his new child sooner than later. But we'll get there in a moment. First, let's start the segment as we always do by talking about. The new releases, and you can take it from here.
1: Yeah, we always start video game with new releases, and first up is we have twelve minutes for the Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. This is the Annapurna game,
2: yes,
1: which you're stuck in a time loop, not like Death Loop,
2: which is a <laughs> different game. Different.
1: Uh, this is from Annapurna. Twelve minutes, it lapses, and you try and figure out more and more as it happens. Xbox, PC exclusive. Yes. I believe Um, that
0: is coming to Game Pass as well. Yes,
1: that's what I was about to say. And also that I am disappointed it's not going to be on PlayStation.
0: For
1: now. I assume it will be.
0: You do have an Xbox. I just want to remind you.
1: Yes. Okay. An Xbox One. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We also have RIMS Racing for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Switch, PC. You got it. You can play it. That's Rims Racing, the racing game.
0: Rims and Rims.
1: There's also Recompile for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and PC, new gen only. Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut for the PS4 and PS5. Aliens, colon, Fireteam Elite for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Sorry, Switch owners. <laughs> um, I expect you to die to:, colon The Spy and the Liar for the PS4 and the PC.
0: That's a VR game.
1: Ah, VR. Uh, we also have King's Bounty 2 for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And lastly, in very limited release, i believe this is very limited release as if you bought a standard version you're still gonna have to wait uh two weeks as madden nfl 22 this week today i want to say today
0: it might be at some point uh people who are ea access members and yeah have bought the legendary editions or whatever it is the highest price edition to play
1: edition whatever it is
0: can play Madden 22.
1: Yep. Um new update. Probably going to be getting that. Uh that of course is available on everything but the Switch.
0: Because
1: <laughs> it's Madden, it's EA, yep. and they want your money. Which it means PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and
2: PC. And PC.
1: Yep. yep. Yep, All right. Uh I'll talk about Madden probably next week assuming i actually get it (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see at some point i will be playing that game um this year because it is madden and because i have new baby but before i get to do baby (laughs) there's news to talk about video game news including news that happened what time is it now like six hours ago
0: Well, at 6 a.m. in the morning this morning, uh, Pacific Time.
1: All right, so close to 12 hours ago. Yeah. We had a new Pokemon Direct. We sure did. Today, breaking news. Well, as breaking as we can provide it to you. Which hit on everything Pokemon gaming related. So let's not uh, say wow anymore, but uh, (laughs) let's get right to the news. Yes. We start with... Pokemon Unite, which will indeed be getting its mobile version, and it has a date of September 22nd. You can pre order today, just like I did.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, just about a month away from mobile users to be able to play it. It's already on Switch if you want to warm up. I feel so. There did confirm, as previously assumed, that players will be able to play in the same. Games versus mobile and Switch players, it won't be a difference. Uh, they're not dividing the two camps. So, yeah.
1: They're not dividing. You can also share your profile across both devices. Or, if I'm not yeah. me, Sly, play <laughs> two players at the same time, if you're good enough. <laughs> uh,
0: they also said that uh, two new Pokemon that will be coming to unite soon are Mamoswine and Sylveon.
1: Yes. Um, there's also supposed to be Chansey, and Blastoise in the pipeline as well. Yes. Uh, by the way, side note, still playing Pokemon Uh, yeah. Unite. How's that going? Uh, I play about three, four games. Okay. Let's see. I play three games. And uh, I play four games. And I lose one out of every four games. Mm. Don't want to say I'm pretty good. <laughs> but I do want to say that i have pretty good teammates. You're not
0: bad, yeah. I'm That's not
1: sure. bad. I usually don't weigh down my team unless like we just completely get run over by the other team. But I do have my favorites, and I do know how to play them.
2: Fair enough. Yeah.
1: I guess I could say like I have my champions that I know how to play with. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's also news of Pokemon Cafe Remix and updated version of Cafe of Cafe Mix that will launch later this year.
0: Yeah, they didn't go into a whole lot of detail about what's being revamped, except that the puzzles will have a new element to them. I mean, I was not a fan of Cafe Mix when it came out. Um, so I don't know how much more they could do that, that thing, because I thought the core puzzle just wasn't very fun. So unless they're completely changing the puzzle, which I know they're not. I don't know if this is going to make it too much better, but it's an interesting that they're coming back to this free to play game and basically trying to give it a fresh breath of life here to maybe have like a little bit more of a tail.
1: Yeah, when it came on screen, I thought it was just, oh, DLC updated like yeah. season two, whatever. But no, yeah. it was just a completely like revamped version.
0: Maybe it just dropped off in popularity so much that they felt like they needed to do something drastic.
1: Speaking of things that fell off and populated, I need to do something to a master. Something drastic. very drastic.
0: <laughs>
1: Pokemon Masters X gets yeah. a new story mode uh, next month on September
0: 15th. Yeah, remember Pokemon Masters? Celebrating uh, its two-year
1: anniversary. Yeah.
0: So yeah, this will be a new story mode. Uh, it looks like they're going to have a villain kind of angle to it. So it's like Giovanni and crew. Um uh, no, no, no. It's still that game. So I don't know. If it's still something you want to play, then it's there.
1: I mean, much like with Near, uh, Reincarnation, where I beat the main story that they yeah. put out, I didn't want to stick around and wait weeks or months for new updates to come out. Unlike uh, Kingdom Hearts, and Cross, which <laughs> even though I did try to stay up with it, I eventually did drop off and just watch the cutscenes online. Like a normal person. Yeah,
0: probably a smart choice.
1: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of mobile games, Pokemon Go, five years now. Yeah, We're going on five years for Pokemon Go and they announced that they will have Gallery Region Pokemon starting August 20th. That's this upcoming weekend.
0: This, of course, is in the wake of some controversy surrounding Pokemon Go and the community as they decided that they were well, they announced that they were going to roll back some of the COVID era restriction, like like easing restrictions that they did last year, allowing people like to have, not go so far for gyms, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they ended up kind of like soft pausing on that. They said that they're not actually going to revoke those things quite yet because of the uproar that the fan community had. So, so yeah, Pokemon Go players can still enjoy some of the extra perks that they got last year in the meantime and also enjoy some new Pokemon coming up here.
1: In terms of Pokemon remakes, they also showed off Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yes. Still terrible names. <laughs> but they will have trainer customization, a top-down version of Sword and Shield's wild areas called Hideaways, new rhythm mini games in the contests, and partner Pokemon Who Follow You. Uh, this will be due out november 19th so So just in time for that holiday season
0: so yeah if you remember correctly so this is kind of like diamond and pearl this was the remake's chance to actually show off because the first time that they were shown off i think the reaction was pretty like timid a lot of people were like wait that's it it looks like just like they a 3d version of the original game are they adding anything here what's the cook like what's interesting about these remakes and what this did, they did a pretty decent job, at least in my opinion, of showing off, actually, we did some work. We did some work. So a lot of the stuff that I kind of delineated here is interesting because um, it's stuff from other games that they're borrowing here. First off, I was worried that there would be no trainer customization in this game, considering the art style um, makes your character much smaller than the avatars are in Sword and Shield and, uh, and um It's a GT version. X and Y and Sun and Moon. So I was worried that that might be, that might change it a little bit. But what they're doing is, is that they have an approximation of it on the map screen and fully the customized character in battles. And I thought that's a neat way of doing it. So that was kind of a a nice like thing for me uh, because I was worried that that was going to be something that wasn't going to be in this. The hideaway stuff is an interesting idea. It looks like this is going to be um, what like similar to like the extra content in Sword and Shield, where they're taking the idea of the wild area, but taking the thing that didn't work about the wild area in Sword and Shield, which was that the switch could barely run it, mm-hmm. making it a little bit more simplified graphically, and having it more customizable. So the hideaways are based on are kind of a combination of the wild area idea and the home base idea that was introduced back in Ruby and Sapphire in the third gen. The idea that you have a cust- a place that you can buy custom like furniture and accoutrement for, and you can decorate. Except here, the way you decorate your hideaways, certain items. their example that they used in the in the video today was Pokemon tr- uh, statues. You put certain Pokemon statues in your hideaway that will directly affect the kind of Pokemon that show up in the kind of wild area equivalent. So you're actually customizing to what you're looking for. Which is a neat a neat idea and I think is good. it's good a good hook for like post-game content or extra content for people who are done with the game proper. Um, as for the the uh, the last the the, the contests, like the, having rhythm minigames and stuff like that is an interesting way to kind of keep those interesting as opposed to just the normal contests were in Diamond and Pearl, which were very straightforward and stat based. It adds a little bit more interactivity to it, which is neat. And of course, everybody likes when your Pokemon follows you. It was like one of everybody's favorite things about the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee remakes. um, Also the DLC for Sword and Shield that lets you do it. Everybody loves being able to turn around and say hi to their Pokemon. And now this is baked in from the start, which is pretty cool. So I'm not 100% sold on it myself. The good news is, is by the time that this game comes out, I will be living with somebody who will be playing this. And so I get to watch, so I don't have to buy two copies, which is nice. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'll probably watch uh, Christy play this, and we'll enjoy it together. But it'll be fun. Um, I they definitely did a better job selling me on it now than they did the first time they showed it off.
1: Yeah, it definitely looks good. Um, Character models still, nah.
0: (laughs) visually it's yeah a, a lot of fans are complaining that visually it doesn't look as good as let's go Pikachu and, did, and they don't understand why
1: but at least it's making that its, it's own art style makes making it stand out right maybe not in a good way maybe in a bad way yeah that's your mileage may vary but well, yeah it still stands out and i think that's them doing their job we'll talk
0: out. about a questionable art style again in just a moment let's talk about the next game that they showed <laughs>
1: Oh, the RPG-style game that everyone wants, and they finally delivered. Sure. But yeah, sure. They <laughs> we'll deliver? see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll wait, but... Okay, uh, being around the bush here, Pokemon Legends, colon Arceus, will take place in the Hisu, Hisu region, the which is a pre Sinnoh region and will involve taking missions from townspeople, including surveying missions where you learn new things about Pokemon. Pokemon can be caught without battling if snuck up on, and different Pokemon will react to you differently. Battles take place with a Final Fantasy X-style uh, ATV system, where depending on the move selected, Pokemon can attack more than once in a row. Some attacks can be set to strong style or agile style to either execute quicker via agile or do more damage via strong. Missions start at a campfire where you can prepare your items, kind of like Monster Hunter, including items that can be crafted. You can return to the campfire to heal and save. Hisu will have some regional variants, like a Hisuian. Rowlith and Bravery and new evolutions, uh, like that of Stantler.
0: Yeah, we we, weird, what was it? Weird, weirdier, weirdler, or something like that. I forget what it was. Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. and we get our hands on this next year, January
0: 28th. Yeah, but early next year, um,
1: unless it gets delayed.
0: So, I'm I was incredibly conflicted about this game when they announced it, and I am even more conflicted about this game now that they showed more of it. It's it's weird. They they have complete freedom to make any kind of game that they want here. They could have made like a Breath of the Wild style like an exploration game, which is what it looked like originally. But instead, this show today has pitched it in a different way. It's basically saying, no, this isn't Breath of the Wild Pokemon. This is Monster Hunter Pokemon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It seems like they're very much trying to it's go for that side, Pocket style. Monster Pokemon. Pocket, pocket, pocket Monster Hunter, exactly. The joke's right there. Uh, so yeah, I think the, the most potentially interesting thing that I think a lot of people are going to like about it is how they're revamping the battle system. I think anybody who liked the way that Final Fantasy X's battle system worked in kind of a a list of actions that vary depending on the actions selected. I think it's an interesting take, and I think will be just enough more depth for people who think that the basic Pokemon battling system is not deep enough for them. So that's potentially good for a lot of people. The flip side of that though is I think you are going to see people who see that as a barrier of entry that maybe didn't isn't there in say shining in Shining Pearl. Like I think that there's maybe going to be some people who look at this who are used to other Pokemon games and gonna be like, wait, what's going on with this battle system? So they're taking a risk here, I think. Making a call like that. Additionally, in the same kind of Monster Hunter vein, they're taking a risk by putting a lot, putting crafting in this thing, dividing them into missions. Um, I think is it's a choice it makes me think that there is a co-op mode that they have not shown here yet mm. that you could insert co-op monster hunter style right into this if they if they wanted to and i would not be surprised if that's where this goes uh but having it like compartmentalized in missions um it puts a diff- it definitely adds a different feel to it and i was even saying to Christy this morning when we were talking about it i was like This game could be extremely long based on how many of those things it is. Because they were talking about some of these surveying missions could be as granular as, hey, does Wurmple evolve? Go find out if Wurmple evolves. So, of course, the task is go catch a Wurmple, train the Wurmple until it evolves. And then you come back achievement style and be like, hey, I did the thing. Checkmark. You've finished the surveying mission. If that's the case for every Pokemon you can catch in the game, this game is going to be so big which again i'm sure there are people out there that'll be like awesome that's great and other people who that's an extremely daunting list of things to do that's like a ubisoft style open world where you're constantly checking off this endless list and so i'm very
1: conflicted by checking off the endless list you're still playing the game which is what they want
0: so logging those game hours The interesting thing is is though that surveying seems to be potentially only part of this game because they did list some other characters who presumably give you other kind of missions. So maybe there's a whole like two maybe there's two thirds of this game that we don't even know about yet that we'll find out later and the surveying is only part of it. And one thing that I do think that is smart though is they've kind of broke even on the, they found a middle ground I guess between the pokemon go style catching and the traditional pokemon catching right they seem to have decided okay you can throw a pokeball and catch something if it's a pokemon that can be crept on crept up on smart because that emulates like a realistic version of that scenario happening right it's like oh that bulbasaur doesn't see me i'm gonna go toss a ball maybe the bulbasaur will be caught off guard But then it does allow you to have the battles if you want them to at the drop of a ball. You can literally just drop your own Pokeball in front of a Pokemon like, oh, I'm battling you. And if I weaken you, I'm going to catch you kind of thing. So it gives you both the best of both worlds while having the Pokemon Go style approach actually have a skill required to do it as opposed to just random chance. It's smart. Um, And yeah, I think it's going to make that conversation about that divide of people who hate it or love it kind of go away. It's gonna be a moot point for this game, which is good. Um but the biggest takeaway I think I had out of this that I'm not well maybe not the biggest takeaway, but the, the one thing that I keep thinking about about this game is I just don't like how it looks. You don't like that art style? So I understand that the game when it's released will likely, one, look better than it does in this early footage, and two, will probably look better on the actual Switch on a television than it does in these videos that are probably compressed for YouTube. I understand that. But but I've also seen YouTube footage of Breath of the Wild running, and that is clearly a game that this is trying to emulate visually. That's what they're going for, is that kind of look. kind of watercolor kind of vibe but they're not pulling it off up to that level and so it's distracting to me that the quality isn't there so i'm looking at the the fidelity and it looks like they just haven't run an anti-aliasing filter yet or something like there's just rough edges on everything and it's very distracting especially compared to the diamond and pearl remakes which look fine to me like i look at that and then like that looks like a modern switch game i look at this and i'm like is this running on like does this doesn't seem like it's running on a switch it's weird it's like something hasn't kicked in unless like i mentioned there's the possibility of co-op being thrown in there and maybe they had to design the engine so that way it wouldn't implode with more than one trainer on the screen i don't know that's my best guess but right now I just distracted by I just wish it looked better than it does.
1: Pokemon has never been about improving art style. No. Never been about like how good it looks. It's always been about the play style.
2: Right.
0: But that's not really grabbing me here either. And so I think the thing I said to Christy after the show had ended, I was like, it's weird being a Pokemon fan 25 years into having watched all 25 years of Pokemon because I can officially say after this, this show this morning neither of these games are for me which is a weird feeling to have. I but feel like okay. they, they branched in two directions and neither of them are the direction that I wanted them to go in. That's okay. There's Pokemon Unite. But I don't want that either is what I'm saying and so yeah I don't know where that left me. Like I feel like I'm being left out by where the franchise is going and I well, don't know Do not necess- even know
1: where you are in terms of like Pokemon then?
0: I loved X and Y I think that like the direction that they took X and Y and Sun and Moon were fascinating directions and I wanted them to keep going in that direction. Sun and Moon offered like an alternate universe of the way they could have gone with Pokemon instead of going with Sword and Shield and I liked Sword and Shield but Sword and Shield I felt like had a giant wall at the end of it where I was like alright I've seen what I could see in this game because of how much, how it felt so unfinished as a project, with Sun and Moon, like they were doing, they're being more experimental. It's a fascinating era in Pokemon because they were like, gym battles, we don't need them. Like we're gonna do these puzzly like areas. We're gonna like give you more freedom of choice. And I was like, think like where you can tackle all these things in all sort of different areas, kind of like a Breath of the Wild style approach. With Sword and Shield, they tossed that back out the window and was like, actually no we're doing more traditional Pokemon because we figured out that's what people want, or at least they thought so. And so now they're experimenting a little bit, but they're experimenting in ways that are not with in like monster Hunter-y ways that I'm not really a fan of. So I don't know. I just felt like they were on track for something interesting that I really appreciated at one point. And then when they just, I guess when the fans didn't react the way they wanted to, I mean, The weird thing about x and y is i love that generation but it's pretty much universally reviled from the ultra hardcore fans which is weird because it's like i loved them because they were they seemed like friendlier and easier the fans hated them for those exact same reasons they wanted everything to be harder and so i was like all right well okay they love their diamond and pearl so they're gonna get more diamond and
1: pearl there you go you got your legends which is gonna be harder
0: Exactly. It's like I just they're not making either of these games for for me anymore. But hey, I'm sure there's gonna be bo- people enjoying.
1: Everybody. Yeah.
0: Hopefully people will enjoy it. Hopefully they'll find the, the fans that wanted this game. Uh but yeah, it's a big question mark right now for me. And we'll see when it gets closer to release whether it jives with people or not. We'll
2: see.
1: It's coming. We'll see. And the last points. bit
0: here, yeah, the last bit here I just want to preface I thought was actually more fascinating than anything that they had said about the games.
1: Right. Neither Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl or Legends Arceus will have ranked battles. Meaning, for those of you that don't know, mm-hmm. that Pokemon Sword and Shield will continue being the competitive game
0: yeah. for ranks so this implies a bunch of stuff and they kind of kept this towards the end i think on purpose because they were like well this is going to be a bombshell for the competitive community but i think it's also like it also implies that that it it, it's an implication of what is not going to be in diamond and pearl and rcs that means you're likely not going to see multiplayer battle modes you're probably not going to see the global trade system You're probably not going to see any of that shit.
1: You don't need global trade when you have Pokemon
0: Home. And that's probably where they're going to lean into it. Because they did say Pokemon Home will be compatible with these games. So they probably imagine what they want you to do is do your business in Sword and Shield, the proper official trading outpost slash battle game, put them in home, and then from home you can take them into the other games if they're compatible with them.
1: As a business... <laughs> One wants you to pay for a home on a monthly to yearly basis, constant it, yeah. revenue.
0: It also makes sense because this also means that they're not going to, they're not sitting there and making brand new, uh, like Models. diamond and pearl Pokemon that weren't in Sword and Shield compatible Sword and Shield. Now they don't need to. Now they will just keep those un- incompatible. Same thing for the Pokemon that are going to be in Arceus that may not have been included in Sword and Shield's game as well. They can be like, yeah, sure, we have Oshawat in this one, but I actually don't know if Oshawa's in Sword and Shield or not. But uh, we have Oshawat and like, yeah, sorry, you can't move your Oshawat backwards. You, it will not be in the meta, per se, because the competitive battlers can't use it. So it's, it's their way of protecting the bubble that is the current Sword and Shield competitive scene and making sure that these new games do not ignore, like, not agitate the bubble. Will there be another competitive game? Absolutely. It's just not going to be this this year's games. Probably the game for twenty twenty
1: two. Probably, and that's also probably when they're going to reveal new region and not go back yeah. like they did with Legends. It is pre cinema.
0: Yeah, if the guess, yeah, if I was to guess, yeah, I would say probably fall of next year we'll start talking about a Gen nine. Can you believe it? They're on nine already. Hey. Tell me
1: when we get to Gen X.
0: <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there very <laughs> soon. Just four, more, four or five more years. Sweet. Gen X. Oh, Anyways. maybe when we hit another 300 episodes? Something like that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Uh, that was the Pokemon Direct. Uh, it's, hey, they're trying. They're swinging. And I don't know why, but somebody, this is for somebody somewhere,
1: I guess. I may pick up the Arceus game. I may not. Depends on how uh, mm-hmm. my January looks yeah. in terms of like new gameplays.
0: Yeah, where I'm at with it, it right it now is I'm going to leave. It my wave. mold of yeah. wanting
1: a Pokemon RPG. Yeah. Now, being the trending completionist that I am, mm-hmm. knowing how I'm going to complete that game like 100%, but I will talk about a game later that I did.
0: I did see uh, Tamar Hussein from GameSpot call it Pokemon Zero Dawn on Twitter. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. So there you go. Anyway. <laughs> anyways, We can move on now. Sorry for spending literally like 20 minutes talking about Pokemon Direct.
1: Oh, that's okay. That's for the kids. Because this next yeah. story is for the adults. <gasps> and I mean adults because you have to have nostalgia to want to pick this thing up. Ugh. All right. Grand Theft Auto 6. Nope. Still maybe possibly in (laughs) development. Who knows? By the time it comes out, my kid will be 18. I don't (laughs) even have a kid. (laughs) Well, according to Kotaku, Rockstar is preparing a collection of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and Everyone's favorite, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, (laughs) has a remastered collection for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PC, Stadia, Mobile, and even the Switch. If you own it, you can probably play this collection. Uh, Yes, this will also be making it the first Nintendo console to have a 3D Grand Theft Auto game of any type. The updated games will reportedly have an updated user interface and slightly updated graphics, but will largely be faithful to the PS2 Xbox original games. The expected release is October to November of this year slash call it holiday season. So fairly soon, we should be indicating the likelihood of a digital-only release.
0: Uh, This makes sense timing-wise. GTA 3 will be celebrating its 20th anniversary by the end of the year, if you can believe it. (laughs)
1: Um, Wow. So next year, GTA is going to be 21. 21,
0: yeah. And and actually
1: able to enter its strip clubs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is smart. I mean, considering that Rockstar doesn't have a big project right now, this is a good shot in the arm uh, for them. Not that they need more money because they're already making a billion dollars on GTA Online, but it's a good nostalgia grab, like you said. I think there are a lot of people our age specifically that have um, nostalgia for those PS2 games playing a limb a lot. I mean, I bet between the two of us, we could probably name off a bunch of our friends that were obsessed with playing GTA.
1: Between us, (laughs) we've even played a plethora of already remastered games. I mean, there's, being sarcastic here, no precedent to ever (laughs) remaster a PS2 era Mm -hmm. game.
0: Sure, yes. but um, <laughs> Let alone
1: a PS1 era game.
0: I think it's going to be interesting too because you're going to have a lot of people who maybe haven't played those games in a while and have been bred on the more modern version of the open world game. And they're going to go back to these and be like, man, this feels old because it is. It also uh, going to feel empty
1: because they <laughs> it are. It is.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting seeing the conversations that take place after people jump back into the GTA series after so long um, of, a, of a gap between them. But yeah, uh, interesting and it's smart. I think this will sell really well.
1: I mean, it's a remaster of a game people know. Digital only, so you don't no physical media to move. Mm -hmm. Assuming it's digital only.
2: It probably will
1: be. But it's the easy layup that Rockstar can Mm -hmm. do to keep people interested in GTA. Assuming they're not already like playing the GTA Online constantly right? and just giving Rockstar even more money. Yep. Speaking of giving things money, we bought stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I actually didn't buy anything, uh, but you made a big ticket purchase. And it's right over your shoulder, as we alluded to. Uh, So, yeah, uh, with Power of Teamwork, uh, we we're able to make the dream work. Yep, and we made the dream work come true. Yeah.
1: That is not an illusion. I can physically touch <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> the dream was of course getting Mike a PlayStation 5, so that way both of us have one now. He got a nice big bundle that included an extra controller, a charger and Ratchet and Clank uh ripped apart. So, you've now played more Ratchet and Clank. Did you finish Ratchet and Clank?
1: Uh, Not only did I finish it, I am one mission away from 100%ing it. Woo! Nice going. In
0: the
1: course of, what, I want to say 12 to 15 hours, probably?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I guess, uh, two questions here. So, how did that go? How are you continuing to enjoy Ratchet & Clank? And second, how's the PlayStation 5? What do you think so far?
1: So, first off, to answer the first one, Slightly disappointed, but not wholly. And I say that because I played it with you on your 4K TV. Yeah. So coming to my Uh,
0: oh no, I was like, ooh, it's missing a step, isn't it? Um. However, one of the advantages of playing it on HTTV, were you able? Did you play it in 60 frames? Yes, I did. Okay. So so look good. You're saying basically that. Even though you got the frame rate upgrade, you could still tell that the fidelity it was different without the uh, 4K? Yeah,
1: yeah, that ray tracing was definitely improved ah. by the 4K. Okay. All right. That being said, I still love this game. Easy contender for game of the <laughs> year here. Not only considering that we both played it, but Ratchet and Clank is a favorite series of mine close to the heart and absolutely loved this game. Um, there's very little bad I can say about it besides it feeling short and that I wish there were more worlds because so, I got really invested in the game and wanted to explore more. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, the worlds that were provided were really big in scale, really large. It did use that feature of going back and forth Um the SSD is definitely humming this thing. And as most people will probably point out with the PS5, I can't look at my phone anymore during load screens because <laughs> hell, that thing is. <laughs> there crazy. are none,
0: yeah. There is no load screens in that game,
1: so. Yep. But absolutely loved Ratchet & Clank. Is it worth the whole purchase? maybe not <laughs> but
0: because this is not spend a lot <laughs> but you didn't spend the money on a ratchet clank machine you spent the money to future proof yourself for future games that will come out you know you also do feel
1: future proofed yeah. with this
0: yeah that's the thing and that's what i kept telling myself too is because i also felt like is this something i need to get now and the answer is no is I think the, the reality that I think you have to remember is like, no, this this isn't for now. This is for a year in the future where all of a sudden, you know, Forbidden West is out and you're, you're down to play that and you get to play Forbidden West or God forbid someday, oh, the new Kingdom Hearts is PS5 game. And you're like, oh, well, good thing I bought this thing.
1: Well, before we get there. <laughs> um, god of war ragnarok will come out right, and that will that be too. the game
0: to play so even though there's going to be ps4 games you know that you're going to want to play the ps5 version of those games so yes. yeah this is future proofing more than it is anything else uh
1: the ho- highlight of the ps5 as i mentioned yeah. is that ssd and switching between apps also one I note use that thing yeah.
0: constantly one note that i just realized uh that i didn't even think about pitching to you because i don't think i really needed to pitch you on this because you're gonna you wanted it anyways um but i just realized this gives you a 4k blu-ray player and i don't know if you had one briar no i
1: only had the <laughs> ps4 so
0: right so yeah so that's also the so you're also future proofing and for that good timing that is the criterion collection announcing that they're going to start doing 4k this week did you see that
1: yes i did <laughs> And uh, my next big purchase, probably holiday season when they <laughs> go on sale, will indeed be a 4K yeah. TV. So there you go. Um, may also get one from work, but that's a story between me and wife. So <laughs> okay, well, couldn't have had any... a 4K now, but spent that on something else.
0: Anyway, so how's the how's the yes how's the um, the PS five experience so far for you? I love the
1: user interface more than the PS4. And that's hard to say because I love wow. the PS4 interface. That's
0: an unpopular opinion, by the way. People hate the PS5 interface.
1: Oh, I love it. It's easy to move around. It's big and in your face, so you're easy to <laughs> know where you're at. Yeah. And switching between apps is super fast and super easy. It is fast. I'll so tell you how fast and easy it was. Yeah. Um, I was watching, spoiler, we're going to talk about it later, Bridgerton. Right. Um, with the wife one of her friends comes over and says I have to go talk to her It's like, okay cool hit pause flip over to Ratchet and Clank yep. instantly play a level while she's out talking comes back before she even realizes that I'm playing the game I switch <laughs> back over it <laughs> saves the spot and we continue watching
2: Yeah,
1: it's instant it's fast I couldn't do that with the PS4 because of yeah. the load times it's so convenient you're paying for that
0: convenience it's in the small things like that too because the weird small thing that wows me every time when it really shouldn't is the store (laughs) it's a weird (laughs) thing to say but you just move over literally to the left one click and you're in the store and it just everything's there and you can just click on something and it'll show it to you that should not be a big deal, but it's only a big deal because the stores on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One take forever to load. And so the fact that it doesn't load at all is wild to me. And so it blows my mind every single time I do it. I forget because I always expect there to be loading. And when there's not, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm in the store already.
1: Yeah, uh, it's something that has ad- happened with AIDS that just, oh, things yeah. get slower. Yes, we know. That's why you're supposed to keep stuff up to date, keep it clean, so (laughs) you can run that fan through it. But my PS4 was getting loud every single time I turned that on. Um, As mentioned on previous episodes, I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, the Forbidden, the Frozen Wilds DLC. And even that started spinning up my fan really, really loud.
0: I bet that runs real well on the PlayStation 5.
1: I bet it runs real quiet on the PS5. I bet
0: that too. (laughs) You should give that a try and uh, report back. Give some of those backwards compatible games a little spin.
1: I probably will.
0: So, um, one thing that I will mention to you, I don't know if you've done it already, I'm assuming that you have. Is take ad- Make sure you take advantage of the PlayStation Plus collection. I know you own a lot of those games I already, them. I have but make sure a you download the ones you don't already own because that's just a whole like built-in game library for that mm-hmm. thing. Yep, there's
1: a couple in there that I will definitely be checking out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will at least be purchasing them so I can <laughs> yeah. have them.
0: Yeah, that's what I did.
1: Yep, uh, but there's also a lot of stuff that has come out of PS Plus. For PS5 that I have purchased, but can now download, including Bug Snacks. Right.
0: You should have Bug Snacks, and you should have uh,
1: Destruction All Stars. Destruction
0: All Stars. Um, the uh, more recent I think ones. Man Operation, Tango. The
1: Operation Tango, Operation um, Tango. So yeah. yeah. Uh, plus everything else that comes out after, it, because yeah. I will <laughs> get at least one free PS5 game every month. I say free because seventy dollars subscription, but
0: yeah, but.
1: free game,
0: sure. Plus, I like getting twelve games for the games price you of can one.
1: play yeah. as well. Yeah, backwards compatibility built right in. So yeah, so, so it's it, it's cool so far. Yes. How's the black controller? I like it more than the white controller. It's but cool. I also confused uh, Doctor <laughs> Wife because because she saw the one controller, right? I was like, oh, it's so white. Yeah, and then I like I switched it out because ran out of battery. So I was like, Hey, what happened? I thought it was white, it's now black, huh? What <laughs> like, aha, you yeah. weren't paying attention. And I switched it back, and she's like, It was white, <laughs> like, Oh, you're just messing with it, yes, yeah, because it came with two controllers. Nice. Bundle, so that's a plus that. The bundle came with two controllers, so I never have to worry about. Yeah. I'll have to go up and charge it.
0: That's nice. Yeah, because my thing the is
1: charger, pull the next one.
0: Yeah, what I've had to do is like when I do like it, pretty much dies or gets close to dying by the end of I think every second session. So I'll just have to place it on top of my subwoofer and charge it until the next two times that I play, which is fine. So.
1: Yeah, my holds uh, about two, about two to yeah two to three play okay. sessions, but I play for like two to four hours. Right, exactly.
0: And that's more or less what I heard, so,
1: Yeah. Yep. Um One thing that Ratchet & Clank did that the PS4 didn't take a full advantage of, at least in the games that we played, was the audio coming out of the actual controller. Right. I love that kind of feature. It's cool. You could do it on the PS4. Not a whole lot of developers did it. Right. Or if they did, it was like little sounds, mini sounds.
0: Oh, have you jumped into any, uh, speaking of sounds that come out of the controller, have you jumped into any of AstroBot?
1: Not yet. I'm going to oh. let Dr. Wife play that.
0: You gotta play some of that. That's, a, that's so much fun.
1: See, I'm going to let her play that <laughs> to get her
0: into yeah.
1: Try to play video games, at least to uh-huh. enjoy the PS5. So that way, when I get um, eventually, was it two to unravel? What, what's that two-player game? Uh, not two, two to tango the other operation, There's two game or like your dolls.
2: You're thinking of it takes two,
1: yeah, it takes two. Okay, yeah,
0: it's well, a <laughs> PS5 game, it's on, on everything, but yes, yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, when we play that, she'll know how to like okay. play video
0: games, yeah, that makes more sense. so
1: than just like Mario Kart or Mario Party, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, cool sounds like fun um i'm glad that you're having a lot of uh, getting a lot of use out of it that's good
1: yes we'll definitely get a lot of use out of this like you said it's a big purchase but it's also future-proofing me
0: right so
1: when big name titles or even small indie titles like death proof do come out i have a system to play it on you'll be ready and like the new Madden, I can play it on. Yeah, which will probably is my first foray into multiplayer when it comes out, and right. using the mic on the controller.
0: Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool to try out.
1: Also, benefit have two people over. is That hey, couch co-op instant. Mm-hmm. Don't have to like worry about it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we'll catch back up as you play more stuff on that and learn more things about it. I have a couple small games that I played this week that I want to talk about. Both are uh, on services that I'm already paying for, which is nice. Uh, First of which is on Apple Arcade. It's a little word game called WordWeb. You spelt that wrong. It's spelled wrong in the game too. Um, WordWeb with a U in word. Um, So imagine words with friends, but single player. And you get kind of an idea of what WordWeb is. It starts you out with, like a Scrabble field, more or less. And you have a word that's been placed in the middle. This is at least in the basic mode, which is called tangle mode. And then you have a list of words on on the bottom of your screen that you can drag and drop. The catch is, is that like a crossword or like Scrabble, the word that you choose has to cross with the existing words somewhere on one of the letters. Um, and then you keep going from there. And then just like Scrabble, on this field there are little squares that give you uh, give you extra stuff. Except instead of points like in Scrabble, it gives you more words that you can use to complete the puzzle. Ultimately, when you place fifteen words successfully on the field without losing without running out of words that you can use, you win that puzzle and you can play another one. Very, very simple word game, but it's very addicting. Um, I'm having a lot of f- addictive. I have a lot of fun with it so far. There's other variants you can do. You can like put different variants on the, the puzzle to make like, now all the words are in French. Now all the words are about fruits and vegetables. Now all the words are like this. There's daily modes, just like every other mobile game. So there you can come back and do like a, kind of an unlimited daily mode to see how many words you can place. I think I maxed out like set 57 words in a grid. Um, <laughs> It's a lot of fun, and it keeps you coming back every day by having a challenge system built into it, like in like achievement style. So it's like, today it'll be like, play five games with the fruits and vegetables variant. Play five games, uh, uh, submit the daily with over 20 words today, and stuff like that. It's neat. It's free with Apple Arcade, uh, and it's a neat little, yeah, it's a fun little word game that's great for people who had a lot of fun with Words of Friends back in the day. But maybe don't want to have friendly rivalries like that anymore. I mean people
1: who don't have friends to play words with friends anymore not too Now question yeah. can you overwrite the bottom letter kind of like upwards? Mm. Where you can, like if you have the word like tack but you want to replace that T with a p and make a pack with like whatever no Pilates you,
0: you can't that. overlay you can't overlay is what you're
1: saying. Yeah, but um, so you can't overlay with like the same letter. Yeah, not with different letters.
0: It crosses. And the other thing you can't do that you can do in Scrabble that you can't do in WordWeb, you can't do something that's attached to the end of something. For example, if you have a word that ends with N and you want to have a word that starts with O placed next to the N so that way the word on is spelled, you can do that in Scrabble. You can't do that in WordWeb. It wants you to cross. It doesn't want you to add to the left because that doesn't count as a cross to the game. So makes sense but okay. so yeah it's a little bit more limiting but once you know kind of the expectations it's a lot of fun to play around with so I'm done with that but the game that I've spent most of this week playing is something completely different so I'm gonna pitch a game to you in a sentence and see if this is something that you think is interesting or something you never want to touch hey what if Hades accept They took the bare minimum dating options in Hades, like the gift giving shit and like extra dialogue options from Hades, and extrapolated that out into an actual dating game, like a visual novel style dating game. But it also has Hades in it still.
1: Like I can still fight in weapons?
0: Yeah. Isn't that just Hades then? But like I said, but like, but the dating is like almost robust enough to be its own game. Okay that exists and it's on game pass right now and it's called boyfriend dungeon
1: (laughs) friend of the show alex
0: yes played some boyfriend dungeon last last week Yes. yes we talked briefly on twitter about how good it was um so first thing i want to say about boyfriend dungeon is if you're going into this thing expecting it to be as good as hades well turn away because it's not it's a roguelike in the same kind of Hades way. You are going to dungeons. There's a lot of hack and slash going on. There's uh, advantages that you get by wearing certain items, um, similar to kind of the boons in Hades, but those don't; those are permanent. They don't reset. Um, it's a lot more simplified than Hades, but it's the same kind of wave-based, like dungeon-based kind of thing. It's also similar in the way that the story goes like keeps keeps continuing the more you play the dungeon so just like Hades there's an incentive even if you fail to keep continuing trying to whittle away at the dungeon to finally get to the end of it so they're similar in that way but the moment-to-moment like feel of the gameplay not nearly as tight doesn't feel nearly as good you get a hang of it after a few runs but it's not as immediately gratifying as Hades is Makes sense. Hades was in early access for a very long time. Supergiant's a very talented studio. They spent a lot of time on making sure that the game played perfectly. You can tell that that's not the case with Boyfriend Dungeon. It's very, it's a, I don't want to say mediocre, but it very, it's a very lower version, like lower quality version of the thing that Hades does. So I think people are maybe going to be turned off by that if they play this game and don't immediately get that feeling. So just go in that knowing that it's not as good of a game game as the combat is just not going to be as good as Hades. But once you accept that, there's a lot to like here. Um, once you accept that it's not yeah. Hades, like one right. of the best games there. <laughs> right. The, the best game of last year is not as good as that. Like, it's not as good as that. Sorry to break it to you. Um, but what it is good at is fleshing out a lot of cool characters in a similar kind of way that Hades did, but in a dating game kind of way. Um, Just like a visual novel dating game, you have a lot of options about who you can pursue in this game. As the name implies, most of them are male. Uh, but you can choose um, anybody to be anybody as your created character, um, even non-binary if you want. So you can be any, any gender you choose. Uh, and that does not lock you out of any dating options. You can date anybody, um, which is nice. Oh yeah. One thing about the thing people the the people you're dating, I'm using quotes here because these people are also weapons. You're probably like, "What does that mean?" It means that at any time they can transform into a weapon. They can choose to transform into a weapon out of a weapon depending on the scenario. So that dungeon that I mentioned you're going to, you're not going by yourself. You're going equipped with the person that you're pursuing. You're taking your boyfriend with you? Exactly, into the dungeon. So There's guys who are like, you know, like a rapier kind of like, um, um, like fencing sword. There's like cutlasses. There's a dagger. There's um, a lightsaber equivalent. There's um, like a brass knuckle kind of claw kind of equivalent. There's all sorts of different weapons that you can try out. So there's a parallel to the dating and the gameplay because whoever you're pursuing will get more points if you use them in the dungeon. And the more love points you get outside means you can go on more dates with that person and get to the end of their story. So the roguelike is linked one-to-one with the dating portion of the game. It's a neat concept, and it works for the most part. But the game, in order to be fully enjoyed, I think relies on you actually being interested in dating a lot of the different characters as opposed to just one. I went into this pursuing the only person I thought was worth dating. The one uh, cis woman that's available for you. Makes sense. Um, I am straight. <laughs> but but that limited me because I wanted to spend so much time with that character that I didn't get to try out a lot of the other weapons because I was so focused on ending her story. So if I had been more open to dating the other guys, I would have been able to try different kinds of gameplay and different kinds of weapons and sought maybe maybe had more fun with a weapon that gave me more options, but I didn't do that. The dating part of the game limited my experience. But if you're somebody who's not as, you know, laser focused on one person, I think you'll find being able to bounce between all these different options, probably a lot of fun. And you'll also get to have a lot more story content because you'll learn each of their different individual stories as opposed to just one story. On top of that, there is an overarching story that is completed no matter who you pursue that's also happening in the background too. So there's, that's there as well. So there's a Hades-style completion if you actually want a story to complete outside of just dating, uh, even though that is there as well. So it's a neat hybrid kind of thing. Does it do its individual parts better than other games that do those individual things? Probably not, but it's a very some of its parts kind of experience where it's because it's doing all those things at once, it is fascinating, and it's a lot of fun in the moment. Um, also, there's a cat you can pursue a cat,
2: <laughs> except it's not
0: really dating; you're just kind of hanging out with the cat. So that's, that's neat. Can be fun. Um, so yeah, um, that was weird. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's it's a neat game. I don't think it works on all levels. Um, I think some people are going to be disappointed in it in certain ways, whether. Not not doesn't play well enough, or maybe the dating isn't robust enough. Um, but it does a decent job at those things. I think it's and plus, if you have games uh, uh, Game Pass, it's not a whole big barrier of entry to try either. One thing I feel like I should mention is is that in the wake of this game's release, there has been a uh, conversation, a controversy, if you will, online about it. Um, there is a character in the game that does, um, let's say, make a lot of poor choices with pursuing you. Uh, choices that involve a lot of creepy behavior, whether it is um, annoying you via text message in kind of inappropriate ways, maybe uh, stalking you, things like that, of that nature. And um, it seems like there's been now a conversation. And the game does have a, like a thing at the beginning of it saying that, there may be elements of the game that may, maybe, um, not. I don't know how to put it. Like, put it lightly. Like, may like bring to mind maybe traumatic memories of people who maybe have had this experience in real life. Maybe have been like in situations dealing with a person who really has done this to them, stopped them, annoyed them, like harassed them, etc. They do have a notice at the beginning of the game. Some people on the internet do not think that that notice was strong enough and have gone on gone on to say that they think that the, a lot of the behavior depicted in this game is inappropriate to the point that why did they put it in the game? Uh, of course, that of course leads to a conversation, a larger conversation about media in general and saying like, you shouldn't necessarily be barred from writing things that, are uncomfortable in the case that that's the story you want to tell if that's the st- if that's a real thing that you want to make a story about try to point out things about it you should be able to that thing sh- that art should not not exist because it makes you uncomfortable in fact a lot of people would argue the opposite right which is more art should be pushing you in different ways and making but the biggest point of here is that you playing the game is you consenting to the game. So the argument about whether it's doing these things without your consent is a moot point. So it's a whole big can of worms that's going on right now with this game kind of in the eye of the storm. And I don't know necessarily if it, it needs to have been, but hey, that's the internet for you. Everything's a controversy now. So they didn't better, get
1: the EA course. approach.
0: Which was? It's in the game. It's <laughs> in the game. Yeah, more or less. Um, and I actually don't think that the stuff in the game is that that traumatic. I think that they, um, but, you know, your mileage may vary. Just know that that content's in there ahead of time. So that way, if that is something that you're uncomfortable with, maybe give this one a pass because that is main story content that you can't avoid, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Boyfriend Dungeon, it's fun. It's not as good as Hades, but I found myself getting into it in a similar way. So, so give it a try if you good, want, but enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, if you want Hades light with some dating stuff on top of it, give it a try. All
1: right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about playing? That's ones? it, I think, for games. Um, still playing Pokemon Unite as I said. There's daily challenges. Those battles go quickly. Um, I do. I don't, I rarely do ranked and normal. I do the quick matches, which are five minutes. Yeah. So I can get three matches, four matches done in a half hour and nice. be happy with it. So nice. it's fine. It's fun. But new baby is taking a <laughs> lot of my time.
0: Oh, I did new baby. Crying
1: at all hours of the night to play with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: sooner it will be more true than when I'm laying down.
2: Anyways,
1: <laughs> yeah. let's move on, um, shall we, and talk about some music. And we'll start music with the Billboard. And we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. All And the hottest song in the land is Staying. The hottest song in the land, Stay, by the kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Number one song. Congratulations. I don't know. I I not have to to this. Or maybe I have. I just don't know it. And the song I know I have listened to is the number two song, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo, followed by Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran at number three. Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA at number four. And rounding out our top five, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring da baby. As for the Billboard charts, uh, as, for, as for the Billboard 200, your album's chart, ring, ring, <laughs> pick it up. We called it. Yep. And then again, it's probably one of the easiest calls to make because Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish is your number one album. Followed by Sour by Olivia Rodrigo at number two. And number three, King's Disease 2 by... Nas at 4 Fuck Love by The Kid Lowry and rounding out the top 5 Planet Her by Doja Cat yeah. if you didn't like any of those albums we have new releases all right? including Colors 2 by Between the Berry and Me Gesture Land by <laughs> David Duchovny. Yes, that <laughs> David Duchovny.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, there's also Infinite Granite by Death Heaven. Cheers to the best memories by Divson and Ty Dallasine. I believe that's Divson.
0: Yeah, or Division, possibly. I don't know. He's
1: missing some letters there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, We also have Perfect Union by, what year is this? Cool and the Gang. Yeah. Yes, that, your grandparents' favorite band, Cool and the Gang, still kicking around. Uh, There's also Have a Seat by Maggie Rose. Year of the Spider by Shannon and the Clams, The Ballad of Dude and Juanita by Sturgill Simpson, Primordial Arcana by Wolves in the Throne Room, and our future number one album, biggest release of the week, Get your grass Pokemon ready because it's solar power, <laughs> by Lord. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that album picture, also uh, <laughs> solar power, and we'll have more to say on that next week because I'm sure we will be listening to that.
0: Yeah, I am. I am hmm. approaching it with trepidation. I have not been a super huge fan of the singles outside of the title track. So uh, yeah, I have no idea how it's going to go as one like cohesive album, but we'll find out on Friday.
1: In one interview that I read, maybe it was a tweet snippet, she referred to this as if she was a 70s flower child trying everything like incense and power crystals and channeling that energy into the album.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway.
1: Oh. Anyways, we have some music news gathered from all parts of the web, which we've wrapped up into nice little music bits. Music bits. Uh, you can call it the bits, but this was probably the biggest news for concert goers of all generations. Um <laughs> hitting this past week, that is that LA County and the Coachella and Stagecoach festivals will require proof of vaccination and or negative test results for COVID. Um, The Stagecoach and Coachella was in part due to AEG stadiums. Events? I think it's AEG Mm -hmm. events. Yeah, all
0: AEG events.
1: Yep, all AEG events, um, parent company of Golden Voice, who put on Coachella and Stagecoach. So all events for AEG, including, but not limiting to, sporting events as well, will require proof of vaccination in order to attend, or negative tests, which I believe are the same rules that Lollapalooza recently Put into effect, that you had to be right. either fully vaccinated or negative test within the past 24 yeah. hours.
0: And uh, the good news, as a kind of uh, addendum to this story, is that uh, Lollapalooza proved that it worked. Um, as of today, only 203 uh, attendees have posted um, a negative uh, or a positive, sorry, a COVID-19 test. Consider that tens of thousands of people attended Lollapalooza. That means the system works, guys. So if that helps you feel a little bit more comfortable about your trip to Stagecoach, you're welcome. (laughs) But Matt, they they still got COVID though. It's not hundred percent effective. Yeah. Well, nothing is hundred percent effective. I hate to break it to you, but keep in mind that that 203 people, we don't know how many of those 203 people were vaccinated or just had submitted tests results. Right. So I would assume, based on knowledge that we know, that it's even a smaller number when you look at fully vaxxed people. The breakthrough of the vaccines is extremely low percentage-wise. You're only seeing the numbers increase in places where there's extremely low vaccination numbers like Florida and Texas. And so that's going to continue being the trend as long as people are not getting vaccines.
1: Right. I think I saw that the governor of Texas yes, tested positive. He did, and he was in a room full of old people.
0: Yeah, so you know what are you gonna do?
1: Uh, you're gonna do what we already did and get vaccinated. Get vaccinated.
0: So yeah, that's our that's our media vote tip. You heard it here first. Yep.
1: Uh When this news came out, uh, talked to Stagecoach crew, and they were relieved that this was going to be put yes. into effect. So put I would be into- too. Stagecoach crew minds at ease that, hey, everyone should be Mm -hmm. vaccinated by the time this rolls around, which, of course, we're still four plus four, eight months away. Right. It's a while. It's a while.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, but good news. Good news, nonetheless.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: More stories, uh, including
1: a follow up to the VMAs being announced we now know who will be performing at said VMAs. And they include Camila Cabello, Machine Gun Kelly, me favorite, Olivia Rodrigo, new album dropping, Lord, and the devil grinder himself, Lil Nas X, performing what I could only assume will be a headline-catching performance.
2: Uh, yeah, would, Maybe not for think.
1: good reasons, But then again, what's the old news saying? No, bad news is still news, or no news is good news. Yeah, right. There's there's no such thing as bad press.
2: They're
0: still
1: covering you, whatever. All that
0: that is
2: true.
1: Yes, all that is true. So um, I'd like to congratulate Lil Nas X on running the headlines for the next two weeks as we see who... Uh, who will take home the Moon Man at the BMAs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, did you see any word on who will be accepting the Vanguard Award yet?
0: No, that was not part of the story, but okay. we'll know soon, I'm sure.
1: All right, We will know soon. Um, other in... Wow, these last two are very depressing news, depending on how you look at them. Uh, first one, Bob Dylan. One, still kicking around. Two, has been accused of sexually abusing a minor in 1965.
0: Yeah. And if you're looking at a calendar, that's a long time ago. Uh, I shouldn't have to tell you that. That being said, eh, you know, still years? not great. Still not great to 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 hear about uh, somebody who's so storied and such an uh, important career. Uh, I'm probably legally obligated to tell you this next part, which is that... Um, he denies the allegations and people close to him have also denied the allegations. Most notably his biography writer who says that he believes that the timeline does not match up um, for this to have taken place. That being said, I am choosing to believe the, uh, the accuser here. Um, and yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully this person will get um, what they're seeking out of this. Um, some closure perhaps Uh, But it was a very long time ago, and as we know with this kind of things, the phrase statute of limitations is going to come up a lot. And I imagine that this will keep this from being an issue for too much longer, unfortunately, for the the survivor.
1: Right, but nevertheless, it is out there now. It is a part of the news cycle. Um, Maybe his biography needs to be rewritten with an addendum. (laughs)
0: Maybe so.
1: But a biography that is yet to be written, or one that continues to be written, is that of Britney Spears. Right. And what should probably be in its own story, but put it here in the bits here. (laughs) Jamie Spears' father, sorry, Britney Spears' (laughs) father, Jamie Spears, has decided to step down from conservatorship.
2: Yeah.
1: Note that this is a week after Britney Spears got. New representation mm-hmm. from her. Uh, uh, it's not a full step down, it's a partial step down. It's not fully breaking of the chains of the conservatorship, but it is him taking more of a step back mm-hmm. per the release that I saw.
0: Right. So I think, yeah, the, 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 headline makes it really easy to be like oh good this is all over but the reality is no it's not yes one of the problems was that Brittany did not want his her father involved in the conservatorship calling the shots if you will but the fact that the conservatorship would not is not going away is kind of part of the problem as well so just keep that in mind as this thing keeps going is that in no way yes this is a minor victory but we will see the repercussions of it going forward and there's still a reason to hope that Brittany's situation improves. So
1: right. Um, the conservatorship, conservatorship is still in place. it's yeah. still in effect.. Right. This isn't a complete breakdown the victory you were hoping for, but it is a step in the right direction for that victory. yeah, certainly. All right. Anything else to add to music bits? While we're still here. I think that's all that I could find. I didn't see anything else of note. Not for music anyways. So, let's talk about some albums we listened to.
0: Yeah. Did you listen to any of these? I happen to have listened to one of these. It's true. Is it The Killers? Yes. Because we were
1: mentioned last week we were going to talk about,
0: about The Killers week, album. Yes.
1: Alright. Pressure Machine by The Killers. What an album.
0: <laughs> That's one way to put it.
2: <laughs> How can I?
0: Yeah, it's hard, to it's hard to talk about it. Sum up in, simple, in a simple way. You I can't think is, sum it
1: up because every song is a story and every story hits differently.
0: Yeah, I guess the vibe I got from it is it very much feels like the killer's version of a Bruce Springsteen record. Damn it, that's exactly what I yes. said. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's very much like Brandon Flowers is like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about the town that I grew up in, the issues that I faced back when I was growing up, and the issues that the town is facing now. So there's songs about you know, his community, there's songs about the current opioid crisis. There's songs about just kind of giving you kind of like a bird's eye view of what it was like for him to grow up in a small town. Um, Yes. If you're a big Killers fan, you're probably yelling at the screen or your podcast right now being like, he's done that before he freaking named the freaking album Sam's town. Like this is territory that he's treaded before but this is almost like concept album level of focus here, that this entire thing is about this one vibe. It's very different from last year's Killers record, which was big, bombastic, synths everywhere, guest guest uh, artists. This has a guest artist on it, weirdly enough, but it's much more focused and smaller, a more intimate kind of thing. It feels
1: like, what happened with most artists is that you couldn't tour so you went back home <laughs> yes. and you're just that's how you basically lived your 2020 Yeah, either back home where you currently live or back home with your parents to take care of them Yeah, and for some people moving back home brought up a lot of memories and like oh <laughs> this is why I left this town
2: right. and
1: some of the problems that were still there prevalent 20 years ago when you were there 15, 10, whatever, still there. And that's kind of more or less what the album is. The pressure machine.
0: Yeah, and I think overall, I think that it's an interesting sounding thing. I think a lot of it is well produced and sounds pretty good. Are the songs especially memorable? No, not really. Do the songs particularly have anything to say? Maybe, but not, not really I don't know. It's weird. It walks a very careful line, which is, yes, it's talking about a lot of serious issues. But is there a call to action? Is there commentary on it? Not really. It basically is Brandon Flowers saying these are things that exist. These are things that existed. And these are things that existed and still exist. And leaving it at that. So there's not a whole lot of commentary happening outside of just, hey, it's it's rough and sometimes hard on small towns, period. Not really going into the whys, the systematic systematic or systemic reasons why this is the case. Like why, hey, how come this small town was affected so much by this opioid crisis? Well, Brandon Flowers doesn't really want to think about that. He just wants to tell you that it's hard. So that's a thing about this record is it doesn't do the other half of it. Um, But if you want to hear a bunch of killer songs uh, that are well-written and well-produced that tell you a story, this is that. If you want to feel emotional
1: about a song or an album,
0: this is it. This is a record that you... This is something that you listen to while you're out at the river staring into the water. That's the vibe I get from it.
1: This is late-night contemplating life (laughs) music.
0: Yes, Definitely. They think that'll work for a lot of people. I mean, it's very telling that Phoebe Bridgers shows up on a song in this thing because, of course, she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an era in which she's going to be on a Taylor Swift song in November. So here, anything can happen. <laughs> she's everywhere now. So yeah, uh,
1: I did while listening to this mention that it did sound to be like a Bruce Springsteen record, of mm-hmm. "The Doctor in the Car," and <laughs> she said, "Wow, that's an insult to Bruce Springsteen." <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know what? She's not the only person who would probably say that <laughs> about that comparison. And that's why I put it the way I did, is I think that's what they're going for. Whether or not they're successful is a different... I guess depends on how much you like Bruce Springsteen. Um. So yeah, your mileage may vary, I think.
1: Mileage may vary on the killers. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I listened to two more albums this past weekend. <laughs> One of them being that of Dan and Shay. Or should Both I say of them? Grammy Award winning, <laughs> Grammy Award winners, yes, Dan and Shay. That did happen. So they won a Grammy. It was for a love song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Guess what they did here?
0: They made more love songs.
1: They made an entire album of nothing but love songs.
0: Wow, no way.
1: Ranging from wedding first dance songs to wedding walk-in songs to wedding highlight songs. This album is filled with nothing but love songs. If John Party's um, heartache medication was all about a breakup, (laughs) this is the antithesis of that. This is (laughs) being in love. This is falling in love. This is we're always going to be in love. The Uh. album. By current country love artists Dan and Shay to which we still say this is Dan carrying Shay but because I think Dan is it Dan that writes the songs or Shay that writes the songs <laughs> who can say one of them carries them because the writing in this album is really good uh, I didn't want to like it but the more I was into it the more I agree with it because It's those love songs, and if you're in that lovey mood, it's going to hit you right in the feels, and thus it does a good job of what it's supposed to do, which is get you to listen to the love songs. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's a good one of those. As much as I probably don't want to say it, it's a good one of those albums. So I expect (laughs) to be hearing lots of Dan and Shay stuff from this album specifically, Either played at weddings or used in a lot of wedding videos. Sure. So, congratulations, Dan and Shay. You're basically cementing your legacy as the love experts here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, and that brings me to the last album I listened to, or at least partially listened to. Uh, okay. This is Misery Lake by Black Bear.
0: Okay, now refresh me on who Black Bear is. Hot
1: Girl Bummer. Or Hot oh, Girl Summer, that that's song. right. Yeah,
0: lame. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, so, I want to say rapper. Sure. Hip-hop artist, rapper, Let's, let's Black Bear. Let's, let's, yeah,
0: let's go with that.
1: Yeah. Um, I had trouble listening to this album. Because the entire time I was listening to the album there's only one thing that was running through my head and that was the Bo Burnham sketch uh, where he does the Kanye rant and talks about how producers aren't even producing music anymore. They're just laying down sick beats and you can sing whatever you want over them. People will get into it. That's basically what this is. The beats are sick. It's great produced, but the lyrics are down the toilet. Uh-huh. So the entire time I was thinking that listening to this album, it was, "Wow, this is literally that that bit from Bill Burnham, but just personified like someone actually did it." <laughs> I was like, "I like these beats, but damn, these lyrics actually suck." Yeah. Then again, so did the beats or the lyrics of Hot Girl Summer. <laughs>
0: Her, her hot girl bummer.
1: Hot girl bummer, whatever. Big difference. Like, those lyrics aren't that deep. No. Lyrics here aren't that deep. No. Then again, if you want to get like Mariana Trench deep, go listen to Pressure Killer by the Killers.
0: <laughs> Pre- pressure pressure Killer?
1: Killers. <laughs> yeah, Pressure Machine by the Killers.
0: <laughs> pressure Killer by the Machines. Got pressure Killers by the Machines. <laughs> Florence and the Machines.
1: Anyway anyways uh surface level songs but then again he is the hot new thing so Eh, you're in a club maybe from two years ago maybe (laughs) maybe like i said it's hard to say like if this is good or bad because i don't really like this but then again it's not for me sure so
0: Your mileage may vary. Mileage
1: will definitely vary. Our favorite phrase here. It's also like an EDM rap album coming out at the end of summer here.
2: Yeah.
1: So, may not have been the best time, but then again, when is the best time? Eh, Who can say? Who can say? So, overall, three albums, one listened to, one mileage may vary, one more or less
0: passed. (laughs) Probably passed.
1: Probably passed.
0: Well, that's success, if, if you ask me.
1: Did you listen to anything?
0: Uh, no, not really. Not I. Uh, kind of still holding pattern. We got Lord this weekend, so we'll see how that turns out. And yeah, we'll talk more about that next week.
1: All right. In that case, we're done with music, and yeah. we're head to television.
0: So I'll go ahead and uh, you. take this baton here, and I'll take us right into the sports corner. Do-do-do hey baseball we're getting close to uh when things start to wrap up people are looking at wild card standings paying attention to see if their team has a shot at the playoffs it's Is exciting staying at or above 500 yeah yeah we're below currently uh, <laughs> yeah uh it's been fun but no uh, but there's also been fun little side excursions that the league has been happening most notably the field of dreams game which took place this week
1: we uh, mentioned it last week it yes. happened last thursday
0: yeah so um as it the name implies this was a game that was supposed to evoke the film field of dreams by having an actual baseball game with the white Sox and the yankees in a freaking cornfield so that's just what they did White Sox had a walk-off two-run homer against the Yankees and ended up winning that one.
1: Now, did you watch the game?
0: No, I missed it. Okay,
1: so you missed it. So you're not selling it. No. Because anyone who says that baseball isn't romantic (laughs) did not watch this game. There's a certain romance that goes on in baseball.
0: Sure, yeah. I love the bat. The ball loves the bat too.
1: Yes, but unlike all other sports out there, Baseball is specific in that there is no clock. You can't have the lead and sit on the ball. You can't just dribble it out. You can't just run the clock out. You have to, as a pitcher, pitch to the batter so they have to have a chance to make a play. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what makes baseball so romantic is that you have to have your shot. Everyone who sets a plate gets a shot Now, your odds may vary depending on who's on the mound, but you're given a shot nonetheless, and that's exactly what happened in field of dreams. 17.5 million people watched this game. The most um, watched regular season game in the past six years, I believe was the stat. Yankees were down uh, three to four going into the top of the ninth. Walk, base hit uh create a character comes up <laughs> hits a home run mr create a character sends the uh yankees into the lead with a grand slam so now it's six to four and then as in baseball home team gets the ups white talks for the home team so they lead off with a uh, base it, and then lead a two-run home run. So now they're only down by one. Then, the exact same thing happens. Someone gets on base and another two-run home run. So, in the course of one inning, you've had four home runs, a grand slam and two two-run home runs to win the game by one. Walk-off it's, like I said, what makes people fall in love with baseball? Very romanticized, very appreciative, because everyone, as I said, gets that opportunity when they step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Then again, if you're a pitcher, there's other ways of being romanticized in that way. And that comes on with the next story. Oh, were you,
0: you want me to say it? Oh. No, it's thinking? okay. I thought I thought you were going to say some uh, next story about the game, not about. No, no, no. The next story okay. I had down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, also worried. about baseball. Yes, that's true. Because elsewhere in baseball, we add another add another to the list of records. Tyler Gilbert of the Arizona Diamondbacks became the fourth player ever to throw a no hitter in his first major league start. That's pretty impressive. More impressive, the first time that's happened since 1953. Even more impressive. First time
1: it's happened in Arizona. <laughs> that medium. makes sense.
0: That makes sense <laughs> considering. Uh yeah, so congratulations yes. uh, to him and the di- Diamondbacks. This was a his rare... uh,
1: fourth appearance overall. He came yeah. in as a reliever. Well, not like reliever, reliever but reliever in three previous innings. But at yeah. the start and with Dad in attendance, yeah, threw a no-hitter in his first start.
0: And, I mean, I hate to say it, but also a rare good headline about the Arizona Diamondbacks, which I believe are still at the bottom of baseball right now.
1: Yes, but see, that's <laughs> what helps, like, romanticize baseball. Right. Even the people at the bottom with no yeah. chance to make the playoffs right. can still have something good happen during yeah. the games.
0: Goes to show you.
1: Then lastly, goes year, to show you that yes. you need to play the games because it's not written down here, but... <laughs> at one point was the favorite to win not only the uh World Series but at least their division the yeah. San Diego Padres right have seriously plummeted over the past month and are now on the verge of missing the playoffs so sorry uh MLB the show cover athlete tatis you may not tatis junior you may not make the playoffs
2: yeah But yeah, uh,
1: there's like a month and a half left of just regular season baseball, so time's ticking out.
0: Elsewhere in the sports world here, now I'm guessing this is talking about college football. Yes. Okay. In a preseason AP poll, Alabama is ranked number one
1: and as such, they have decided to move Alabama to the NFL and bring last-place Jacksonville Jaguars back to college football. I know it you're only joking. makes sense since Mr. COVID, Trevor Lawrence, and head coach Urban Meyer are just happened to be there.
0: Yeah, I know you're joking, but that's very funny. That was true. <laughs> Anywho.
1: So, yeah, uh, this is no shocker. Alabama powerhouse over the last 10, 15 years now constantly ranked ever since uh, they fill that big USC sized hole uh, since Pete Carroll left
0: yeah it's true somewhere Mark Sanchez is just single tear down his face I say somewhere when I know he just made a big deal with Fox Sports so yes. anyway <laughs> also
1: come back of the year Alex Smith made a big deal with ESPN he had become a new analyst there and not written here, but lots of um, basketball, NBA, postseason, preseason, however you want to look at this little interleague we're in right now, uh, summer league matchup with the NBA that's going on. Lots of deals and trades are being made, and max and super max contracts are being signed. Money being spent everywhere. So yeah. keep a look out for that. and. I think that's all I have for sports. Football will continue to football yes. as we get closer. So get your fantasy drafts ready and alert people that you are having a fantasy league (laughs) or join one. They're fun.
0: Fair enough. Well, we move out of sports into a story that's actually related to something we just talked about in the sports corner. If you build it, Will they watch? No, what I, what I mean by that? Me. Yeah. What I mean by that is, the recent Field of Dreams game isn't the only place that Field of Dreams has popped back up in the public consciousness. No, it seems like it's uh, kind of everywhere in the zeitgeist at the moment. It has sparked a renewed interest in the '80s classic film, so much so that Peacock has placed a straight-to-series order from media boat favorite Michael Schur, responsible for The Good Place and Parks and Rec. President of NBC Universal TV said, quote, Field of Dreams is whimsical and grounded, a space where Mike, Mike sure excels, and we're looking forward to bringing a new version of this classic to Peacock. End quote. This isn't the first IP Universal is reviving into a TV show, of course, as Seth MacFarlane's TED is set to arrive soon on this network, and Saved by the Bell, Pucky Brewster, Battlestar Galactica, Queer as Folk, and The French Prince, or all have already debuted or will soon debut in reboot form on the network as well. It also isn't the first baseball film to get the series treatment, as Amazon is preparing to release a series based on a league of their own. And Disney Plus is in production on a Sandlot series, so get ready for baseball television. More baseball TV than you know what to do with. Yeah. And again... Different
1: streaming services, then you know what to do with.
0: So you know what this means is that Disney needs to bring back uh, the one-season wonder pitch <laughs> from Fox. Yeah, do you remember Fox's pitch?
1: Yes, uh, about the female MLB star.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is that the time. One season. They were just way too early with it. <laughs> bring back pitch. That's my All pitch. Put
1: it where it will be- always belong.
0: Yeah.
1: On FX and Hulu.
0: Exactly. Yes. I think it is on it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. So yeah, there you go. More uh Field of Dreams, more baseball shows. Uh yeah, sure, why not? People will watch them.
1: I mean, it does hit that right nostalgia place. And then also it's Field of Dreams, it's a I mean, it was literally an instant classic when it came out. Like best picture nominated, best script nominated. Yeah. Oscar nominated. And then Every now and then, when they bring it up, they find wherever Kevin Costner is out in, like Yellowstone (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, bring him back in to reprise his role, saying, "Hey, we're doing another Field of Dreams thing.
2: Sure,
0: come on over. He'll do it. Keep you employed. Hmm. All right, that's sure. Yeah, Good good pick. A good pick for that, I think. Yeah. Let's move on into our second story, which is a bunch of casting bits because you know how much we love casting here on the media uh, bits, podcast.
1: The bits, the bits.
0: Let's see who's being cast. First up, Disney Plus has cast Alakwa Cox as Echo, a deaf Native American superhero with telepathic and superhuman abilities in the upcoming Hawkeye series, and has gone ahead already with casting for her own spinoff series. So look forward to that.
1: Yep. they're looking to fill out the remaining cast for that spin-off on Disney Plus. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, the Avatar: The Last Airbender live action series, which I believe is over on Netflix, yes, has confirmed its series regulars as Gordon Cormier, Gabby Duran and the Unsittables. I don't know what he is in that and I don't know what that is, but apparently that's what either, he's from. That's a thing. And Keo Wintio, that's one name. From something called Beans. It's something called Beans. Ian Osley from something called Physical.
1: That is Apple TV plus Ah.
0: Physical. And Dallas Liu from Pen15.
1: That's Hulu Pen15.
0: So there you go. Uh, I don't know who those people are, but I'm guessing they're children because Avatar is about children.
1: Yes. Uh, Yes. Between ages 13 and 16. So these are... Out of the fresh young newcomers list that we talked about last yes. week.
0: Next bit here. Adventure Time is getting yet another spin-off. this time with the gender-swapped characters Fiona and Cake from a season three episode back in 2011. They would become occasionally reoccurring episodes throughout the series as it went on as well. Um... The spinoff will have it, it will be, uh, uh, be um, a 10 episode series for HBO Max. So there you go.
1: Yep. Uh, yet another spinoff casting. I believe they're having some of the original uh, Adventure Time people, one of them, uh, I like think the storyboard artist being. A... Yes,
0: Adam Muto is yep. working on this uh, long time Adventure Time person. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ryan Murphy is on the hunt for casting his newest projects, American Love Story, which is about JFK Jr. and Carolyn Bessett Kennedy, American Sports Story, which is about Aaron Hernandez, and the next installment of American Crime Story about the Studios 54 Club in Manhattan during the 1970s. Uh,
1: Yeah, you remember Aaron Hernandez, right? Vaguely. The the Patriots tight end who went to jail for murdering someone?
0: Right, and then
1: they brought in Gronk and won three titles,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I bet the Patriots would like to forget him as well. (laughs) So, yeah, um, we'll probably find out more casting news about those soon.
1: Um, this is also FX kind of doubling down on that American blank story kind of anthology series. From
0: it's smart if it works, it works, right? I mean. The recent trailer
1: for American Crime Story Impeachment came out about uh, Bill Clinton, Clive Owen as Bill Clinton during the impeachment trial. So that trailer looked pretty good. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Next up, me over at Peacock, the MacGruber series is being cast. They've added Billy Zane, Joseph Lee Anderson, and uh, Timothy V. Murphy. As recalling recurring roles, who will star alongside Will Forte, Kristen Wiig, uh, Ryan Philippe, and Sam Elliott, as well as Lawrence Fishport. So that's getting if to be Billy a killer Kane cast. Not
1: playing the overall villain, I don't know what they're doing.
0: I mean, we'll find out. I guess it'd be neat if they didn't. That'd be really funny. And then, lastly, in casting bits, this is more of a anti-casting, as it's someone leaving. Um, Chloe Bennett has exited the Powerpuff Girls project on CW following the pilot reshoots because of scheduling conflicts that forced her to exit. So, not necessarily a creative decision, but she just can't do it because of another show, so her role will be recast.
1: And you could argue that she is the main role as she played (laughs) Blossom.
0: Yeah. Or was
1: poised to play Blossom. They're
0: gonna need a new Blossom for the Powerpuff Girls, but I don't think that would be too hard to find.
1: <laughs> I think uh, Miam Bialik is available for Kat <laughs> to play I, Blossom.
0: I think she's a little uh, aged out of that at this point.
1: I'm just saying she has years of experience playing Blossom. Playing a Blossom, yeah, that's true.
0: Ha, ha. All right, let's <laughs> move on. Uh, you watched a bunch of TV. I watched a couple of television shows. Um, what do we want to talk about first?
1: Uh, do you want to talk about the new stuff or the finale stuff?
0: Oh, jeez. I don't know. There's so
1: much. Let's talk about Ooh. the new stuff then, shall we? Let's just go right. in order as we have it here. And sure. we're going to start with the show that Peacock keeps trying to advertise to me, so I eventually caved in because I have Peacock and uh-huh. watched Dr.
0: Death. What is Dr. Death?
1: What is Dr.
0: Death? That's what I asked. Him.
1: So malpractice lawsuits.
0: You hate to see them.
1: You hate to see them, you hate to experience them, and you hate when the doctor keeps getting away with it. Sure. So, What if you, as a doctor, found this really improper surgery that was performed because you basically went in there and fixed whatever this other doctor did? You'd want to make sure that other doctor no longer practices (laughs) and that's more or less the premise of Dr. Death as Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin play doctors who try and go after Joshua Jackson who is another doctor Mm. because every, every surgery that he does either leaves his patients broken, mangled or in severe pain or just not alive at all, hence the title Dr. Death. And it is their pursuit in making sure that he, Dr. Death, no longer practices. And so it's a cross between crime drama and legal law and order drama, as you need to go, as they try and go through the proper channels to not only strip his license, But make sure he ends up behind bars. Now, warning. (laughs) Going into this.
2: okay.
1: One, there is death. Two, (laughs) it is told out of order. There's a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards around in the series. So as you get more into it, it can get a bit confusing trying to figure out where we are at what timeline and what in the story. Mm Mm-hmm which both helps and hurts its story because they're like, oh, wait, we already saw this. Oh, this is just, this scene from a different perspective. Or, oh, that's how this ended up happening. And it's more or less a story about money, greed, and pride and how pride ruins everyone because you don't want to claim that you're either wrong or you did something wrong. And it's like, I am the best. Full stop when clearly you're not, but you also don't want to admit fault. Because then you like you lose your investors and money behind you. So it's a Mm. vicious cycle that never stops until someone comes in and forces you to be stopped, like the law. (laughs) It's fine. It can get very um crazy at times i feel like definitely played up for the drama but more or less it's fine i don't see this being nominated it has a, a relatively high rating maybe too high i think on rotten tomatoes because okay they have, like all their scores like all their series have their scores on there i think it's too high it's uh, like an 88 or like a 90 which i think might be too high but Mileage may vary. It's very interesting and very compelling, but also it might drag on an episode or two too long to get to its uh, conclusion. Something that doesn't drag on too long and something I had fun with and you might have fun too Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is the next adventure from Marvel in the MCU. So, we're past Loki. Loki has opened up, more or less, the multiverse, the tangential, the branching, the which leads itself to the what-if stories, and thus the title of the show, what-if dot 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 yes. question mark. As the show is dealt from the view of the Watcher. Which um, the Watchers were briefly seen in, like total, of like a minute, I think, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two as part of Stan Lee's cameo. If you remember that part um, where Stan Lee is talking to the Watchers, those are the Watchers who watch over everything but don't interfere. So these stories are more or less the alternate versions of what could have happened a little bit more on the fantastical side a little bit more on the we're taking some extra liberties with this kind of storytelling and a little bit more of the I don't want to say necessarily grounded in our reality because it's not technically grounded in the MCU reality but it is more or less the fantastical if it did end up going this way. Here's kind of the domino effect of how that might have happened. So it's more or less a fun alternative watch to the MCU. Okay. That being said, you kind of need the MCU knowledge of what happened in those films to more or less understand or rather appreciate the kind of level of detail that they go to in this series. So Depending on how big of a fan you are, mileage will definitely vary on this. And as my mileage Mm. is very high in the MCU, my attendance and enjoyability is also very high for this. But Like I said, depending on your level of MCU enjoyment or interest or for that lack thereof knowledge of the films, it can be very mileage may vary. Yeah.
2: Fair
0: enough. Uh, let's see. What else do we got?
1: What else do we watch? Oh, yeah. So I briefly brought up that I was watching Bridgerton.
0: Right. Yes. I remember this.
1: Yes. It's a hmm. I'm two episodes in. One thing I didn't realize is that this is by Shonda Rhimes and Shondaland and that Shonda deal at Netflix. Ah. So right off the bat, once I realized that from the title sequence, I was like, Oh my God. Everything just all of a sudden like clicked and made sense. I was like, this is why everyone likes this thing. It's by Shonda Ryan. She's a great writer. Well, she didn't write this necessarily. She's on it as an executive producer through Shonda Land Productions. She's not even the showrunner or created by, but she does production and thus kind of gets the top billing credit because, hey, she's the big name that's going to draw you to it. So it's more or less good. I can see why people like it. It's definitely got that uh, Jean Pierre, whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you know, that smolder look. Just Everyone here just smoldering. All the guys are just so good looking, smoldering. Ooh, eye candy. Ooh. I'm British and I have a British accent. <laughs> it's uh-huh. very much a lot of that. It's also a lot of. It's also a lot of um, sexual energy and tension. As the title character, or title family, Bridgerton, which I thought was more like Downtown Abbey. It's a place, not a people. <laughs> but no, Bridgerton is a person, or rather people, it's a family. A sure. family of Bridgertons as they try and court their eldest daughter. And if that goes well, it would mean courting goes well with the other siblings because they're marrying of the families. They're seen as a high demand quantity. So everything is high-end on the eldest daughter getting married in order for the rest of the family to have what they would hope for, a successful betrothal down the line. And then thus comes the conflict of, well, older sister wants to choose who she wants to marry. But not in 1870-whatever, whenever this takes place in London, because the Eldest brother has to take the fatherly figure role and decide who gets betrothed to the sister, and thus conflict ensues. But wait, the duke is now in town, but he doesn't want to get married. Okay, but in order to prevent that, other stuff happens and drama and intrigue. And I can see why people like this. It's gonna win for costumes. I think that's a forgiven. That's given kind of on this thing. It at least a better win for costume, and costume design when the Emmys come around. But actually, no, 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 but I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. Don't tell anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you just put it on a podcast, so I think you told everybody. But
1: I can yeah. see why people like it. It's a good one of those shows. But then again, Shonda Rhimes knows. To put on a good one of those shows, okay. Uh, and lastly, in terms of new stuff, I put new here because Bridgerton, I'm just catching up on it. Is the return of Brooklyn 99 season eight, yes, the final season?
0: So I watched the first two episodes of this.
1: There were only two episodes of this
0: outright, okay. So this has not had a okay, cool, good. It's it's back.
1: They try and dress a lot of stuff in the first episode, and then immediately try to make you forget about it by the second
0: episode. <laughs> so yeah, that the the first episode of this season is very much like watching somebody do a high wire act. It's very much like being like, oh, that they just keep this balance. I think they can pull this off by the end of it. But any direction too much to either direction, they're going to fall over. Thankfully, I don't think they fell. I think they, they did a decent job at addressing the fact that they have a cop show in the wake of a lot that's happened politically and culturally where maybe it's not a good idea for it to be a cop show anymore.
1: They. I'll, I'll the yeah. It takes the um, <laughs> the Tina Fey approach, where it's very
0: noncommittal, because it tries yeah. to play
1: both sides.
0: It is, but in a way, having the lesson at the end of it basically be like, actually, Andy Sandberg's character was wrong the whole time, mm-hmm. makes it a little bit, at least, a little bit more progressive than something that Tina Fey would have done. So at least they have that little extra tag where they're like, no, we know, the character knows. And the fact that they wrote in a character that did have a change of heart over the events of last year and has now decided to leave being a cop is, I think, good. And they needed to have something like that for this to continue working. But you're right. You get to the second episode of the two and it's like they've now they came up with an excuse to remove themselves from that plot and just be Zany Town for thirty minutes, which is incredibly smart for them to do because it's it reminds you of what's great about the show, which is it kind of the cop stuff is only the background; it's really the dynamic beyond the characters. The is the reason why the show works and is as funny as it is
1: right it's the reason
0: why the office works you don't care about what they're selling you care about the characters (laughs) so it would be really funny and I don't know if this is the approach that they're taking but I kind of hope it is if the only episode that is them being cops is the first one and then everything from here out is just weird ass bottle episodes please go in that direction because it would be the funniest thing (laughs) ever (laughs) It's just if it gets for the rest of the time that it is a cop show, that'd be great.
1: No, I'm not sure if they can do that because uh, Pontiac Bandic, I think, will make (laughs) a return. Okay. So there must be at least some cop duties, but I think it is funny how quickly they pivoted from the second episode to we're out of doing cop uniform stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, we're only two episodes in. We'll watch it till the end and see if they can do what most shows can't do. Stick the landing, <laughs> especially being a cop show in 2021.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a high wire act, like I said, but it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, we have some season finales. To we sure about. do. Or should we say Series. Finale? Wait,
2: no,
0: it did get a third season. No, no, no. No series finales here, I don't think. Uh, All these shows have been renewed, as far as I know. Uh, Which one do we want to talk about first here?
1: Uh, You want to keep going? Just go in order? Sure. So, you kept up with Tuca and Birdie season two? Yes. How was it? How did it compare to the first season? How did the shift in network
0: affect it? it's kind of hard to compare because I think the show on that it was on Netflix. They had a little bit more freedom with because it's streaming network and it was coming off of the popularity of BoJack Horseman. It's a very different show than BoJack, but I feel like a lot of people didn't like assumed it was similar just because the animation style is very similar But the two things are pretty different in the way that they approach storytelling and aesthetics. Like, Tuca and Verdi is a more inventive show. It's a more, like, experimental show animation-wise. It does a lot of crazier things with the world that it's in. And it's emotional, but different. It's emotional in a different way than BoJack is. BoJack's very much about, about questions about depression and alcohol alcoholism and drug abuse it's very serious and and when it talks about its deep like like emotional subject matter two good birdies a little looser season one was very much about like trauma and um like how that affects a friendship and how that and the potential of like how that affects somebody in their professional life and, but it really only touched on as the tail end of the se- season it didn't wasn't a pervasive thing as in, the entire season so with the move to network tv it does sacrifice some of the stuff that it can do uh but not as much as you'd think season two feels different because i think of maybe budgetary restraints and not so much content restraints it seems like it's a cheaper show. It does seem like that um it's not as inventive and creative as I think the Netflix season was. But I think what that's given them is a creative restraint that has actually made a more focused season. Every single episode of the season this time pays off in the season finale in its own way, which is really cool to see. There's an overarching character arc for both Tuka and birdie that pays off really successfully in the end. So it's not like the first season where it was all backloaded. This is from episode one. This was set up to create an entire arc and it works great. Um, there's a lot of great moments in this season. I, right now it's probably the, my favorite thing I've watched on TV so far this year. I have
1: th- to see it at the end of the year then.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's it's really impressive the stuff that they did story-wise. It has a lot to say about mental health. Um, there's a lot to say about friendship. There's a lot to say about, um, yeah, about how emotional how emotional turmoil can affect people outside of your bubble and like how people's own baggage never really goes away. And you kind of just have to communicate and talk things through actively with each other. And it's really well done. Um, so by the end, I think it absolutely nails that landing too. Uh, at certain points, I think it became a little too real perhaps for some, some people I was, watch, I was watching it with. Um, so just know that it kind of deals with some quite emotional content involving uh, mental health and involving friendship specifically and relationship issues um but but, I think it's really well done, and by the end of it, it really pulls off a good like a feeling of like resolution and closure to those things and it, yeah, I just think it's an excellent series of television, not to mention on top of all the you know emotional stuff, it's also extremely funny, and it is still visually inventive, if not quite as visually inventive as the first season is. They still do things that no other cartoon on television is doing, and that's like, still impressive going into its second season. So I'm absolutely jazzed that there's going to be a third season of it. I can't wait to see what they do with it. uh, Because, yeah, just the ambition, the level of ambition here, even with the creative restraints, just goes to show how they're just firing on all cylinders over there. So I think it's a great show. Probably my favorite of the year so far. Uh, Check it out if you haven't yet. Maybe harder now that it's a Cartoon Network property, but maybe they'll be nice and put it on uh, HBO Max uh, by the end of the year. I think it really deserves it.
1: And have people catch up with it.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: So you think, even though it was a uh, hindrance being you know, on network, it actually helped the story?
0: I think so. I mean, that's the vibe I got. I think that um, if you enjoyed that first season, there's still it's still the same show, more or less. It's not that restrained. Um uh, But that doesn't really matter, considering the thing that they put out and the thing that they made is very impressive and very fun. So, okay, yeah, sounds
1: good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other season finale, um, show I was hyped about. I tried to get you to watch that you were kind of like eh, on it. Kevin can F himself.
0: So I did watch the first three episodes of this. Okay. I dropped off an episode four because it was not available in the service I was using at the time. I set it to record thinking that they would replay episode four. They never did. So I have the five through the end recorded, but I still didn't see episode four. And so I felt like I couldn't continue watching it without that missing puzzle piece. So I don't know what to do at this point, except I'm not going to sign up for AMC streaming service.
1: No, you're not going to.
0: So I'm kind of, I just gave up in a way, which is fine because I was on the fence even after the third episode of it. I was still on the fence with it. And so ultimately I decided, you know what? It's probably okay. I'm not missing anything of great importance here. But how did you feel about how it it wrapped up?
1: It wrapped up and then also didn't wrap up. I think it kind of gave itself a cop-out in order to have a uh-huh. second season. Sure, was Kind of where I was like, getting that fear as it got crept towards the end. It was like, they can't really like go through with this because then there's no more lack of a better term, title character <laughs> involved. Sure. So eventually, like yeah, they had to pull back. They had to pull up either or pull their punches or get to a situation that, for one reason or another, they couldn't go through with it. And I think it opened up more of the A and C problem of never letting things die, because this could have easily just been a ten episode limited series. We're done after one season. Or one series essentially and then just you do either the anthology of have different someone else come in as a different Kevin and do it that way and it terms, like a Murder She Wrote type of way of new person same situation how will they deal with it like different location but it's I liked it I like the acting, I like the production value. There's just something about the writing about it, the fact that you had to make it sitcommy enough, yeah, in order to I won't say like reset after every episode, but have that kind of open-ended conclusion of never getting a satisfying conclusion until they want to end the show kind of left me feeling a bit up back about it by the end.
0: I mean, we talked a bit, a bit, a bit about it conceptually off the podcast, uh, but I think the problem that you run into when you have such a unique concept as having a sitcom version of reality and a reality version of reality is the fact that you have to make the sitcom version of reality equally important or like reflect the reality back And so you're right. It makes the writers run into issues where it's like, oh, well, we want catharsis for the emotional part in the reality version of this world. But that ruins the entire backbone and concept of our show if we actually follow through.
1: Right. They need to write that you love and care and want the wife, Allison, character to like succeed in her goal. But at the same time, the whole point of the sitcom is that kevin the so-called lead of the sitcom as you're portraying it yeah everything has to work out for him because that's just how sitcoms are which he has which, to come out on top at the end
0: which made me think really early on and you'll be able to actually answer this potentially and after now now that you finish the series it made me think really early on it's like oh is the whole point here are we supposed to hate her like is she supposed to be the antagonist here in reality because it seemed like they were building to that moment where it was like eventually you were going to be tired of her screwing stuff up. Like because she was basically creating a lot of these problems herself. Um, does it pay that off by the end of this? Is that Does it feel no. like that, that was their intention?
1: No, there are a lot of self-created problems. Uh-huh. But at the same time, they're very sitcom-y in that they're not that big of a problem when dealing with other issues. When dealing with stuff outside of, you know, the sitcom era, the sitcom look of it, and like having actually like the interaction between her and Kevin in that sitcom <laughs> aspect. Everything yeah.
0: outside of it, you're kind of rooting for, her, but in that, are you though? Because that's the str- that's one of the struggles I was having even only back in it's season hard. or yeah, episode three. You're saying that, yeah, because it's hard. Because she does a lot tr- of yeah.
1: stuff that makes you not want to like her, like yeah. doing the drugs, getting the gun, <laughs> screwing the guy, putting her drops. There's a lot of bad stuff, stealing stuff. She does a lot of bad stuff where yeah. you're not supposed to root for her. Right, but then again, it's AMC, it's Breaking yeah. Bad, it's
0: yes, it's Mad Men, hell, it's BoJack Horseman. To bring up BoJack again, where it's yeah, like, but
1: I, was, I was saying in the AMC, like yeah,
0: right. yes, but but that that is an established archetype at this point, like the antihero, yes. it, it, like and that's very much the vibe I got with her. It's like, but but if you push it so much in that direction, and this is a lot of people's problem with BoJack, right? Which is like, if you push it in that direction too much. You're going to get sick of it and be like, "Why am I watching this person implode?" It's not fun anymore, and a lot of people don't like that kind of vibe. And I thought that that show was having a hard time on airing towards likability. At least where I basically stopped watching. Oh, it implodes harder than what you've watched. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, had, yeah. So that, that's the problem I had is that your if your very concept is making it difficult of having kind of this weird goofy reality version of it is just making it like nailing the point harder that maybe she's actually not as great as you think she is. Like as you're, as she's purported to be, as she's pitched to be by the show, like then maybe the entire show doesn't work. I
1: mean, it's a, it's a goal. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, coming to the end of it, I'm not as high as I was at the beginning. Yeah. I thought it was unique. I thought it was fresh. I thought it was different.
0: It is a unique concept. I just don't know if and this execution the, is the version that works.
1: As we always say, you gotta stick that ending. Right. And the fact that they leave the door open for the multiple seasons means you may never get that conclusive ending, if ever.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of disappointing in a way. The two shows in calendar year 2021 have played around with this concept now with WandaVision and this. Right. That having a television reality and a reality reality. And both, in my mind at least, failed to nail the ending. (laughs) It's unfortunate.
1: I like WandaVision.
0: Yeah, but sure.
1: (laughs) Sure. On a comic book level. We
0: don't need to, yeah, we don't need to get back into that conversation. Anyway, so yeah, there you go. Does Kevin fuck himself by the end of it? Yeah. Uh, all right. No. And yeah, last show. Not gonna answer that one.
1: What was the question?
0: I was you. Kevin does indeed fuck himself.
1: Oh. Um.
0: He can. He so
1: many words. No. The title
0: says he can, so I do not know if he did.
1: Uh, tries to. You no. Know. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Last but not least.
1: Last but not least. Um, the Bad Batch season finale. Ooh, I talked about this last. If it was last week or the week before, but continuing to be good. <laughs> Second season coming. I think I thought the finale was last week and it ended on a cliffhanger. I was wrong. It was this. <laughs> uh, it was this past Friday instead. I see. Um, I kind of would have liked it to end it on a cliffhanger, but <laughs> oh, then wow. again. Well, the reason I thought that was because they shot the episode and then they said season two coming. I was like, oh, that's it then. No, there's an extra episode after that, so not quite the cliffhanger that I expected, but still one nonetheless. My notes are still the same. It's still a really good show. It's still good for uh, Star Wars fans to have this. Dave Filoni is still the best about this. And... Yeah, if you like Clone Wars and you like that art style and you like that kind of storytelling, The Bad Batch is definitely for you. Season two, guaranteed. Cool. All
2: right. Um,
1: and with that, um, I will say that the for next week's episode, assuming I get to all of them, <laughs> star of the Future President, Season two, available on Disney Plus. I'll be talking about that as soon as I get to it
0: all next right. week. Well, we'll see what with all that and next week for now let's wrap up the show by talking about movies real quick the show has gone extra long so the good boss. news is because we don't have a whole lot of te- movies to talk about so no, let's it's get right in here yeah so let's get right into it by talking about the box office numbers for this weekend your number one was the new debut free guy which made 28 million dollars i believe uh, that was above projections Fun fact:
1: Yes, is also only two million dollars above what Suicide Squad made right. last weekend. Yes, which is what, for some reason why people are calling it a success and Suicide Squad yeah. flop. Yeah,
0: and and I believe it. Like I said, it was above projections, which is impressive. Disney has apparently already ordered a sequel. Yep. So there you go. Number two, Don't Breathe, debuted to ten point six million dollars. Uh,
1: that is number two. Don't breathe.
0: too. Don't breathe two. Thank you. Number three, Disney's Jungle Cruise came in at number three with another 9.1 million. That's sitting at 82 domestic total. And number four, Respect, all caps, $8.8 million in its debut. And then lastly, rounding out your top five, number five, The Suicide Squad made another 7.4 million. So that puts that at 42 million.
1: It was a week of new releases, only two returners in that top
0: five. Yeah. It's the first time that's happened in, uh, in a while. As for new releases, we have four bits uh, coming out this weekend. The Night House.
1: Uh, Horror, drama film. Um, A new person moves into a new house. May not be the right decision.
0: We also have Finch.
1: This is the Tom Hanks Finch. May or may not come out this week. Uh, It's slated to come out this week. Uh, Tom Hanks is an inventor who invents a robot. To look after his dog after he dies, or um, at least that is the premise.
0: Got it. We also have reminisce. Huge jacked
1: man <laughs> wants to reminisce about a woman he once had a relationship with as the world goes to shit.
0: Got it. And then lastly, the protege.
1: Uh, similar style to the hitman. Hitman's wife and the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. <laughs> it's about Hitman, Hitman, uh, starring Maggie Q and Samuel L. Jackson. I
0: believe. Okay. All right. Let's move on into movie news, and our first story takes us over to Amazon, where Sony, oh, a Sony Pictures a- animation film, is getting some new, uh, new delivery mechanism. They've announced that Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, the fourth in the series, will bypass the theatrical run completely, and instead stream exclusively on Amazon Prime. The decision to skip theaters and add to Prime Video is valued around $100 million. The film was originally set to hit theaters in October. Fitting, that makes sense. But with the rise of the Delta variant, major studios are starting to become wary when it comes to family films, specifically has struck deals across many streaming platforms including the mitchells versus the machines over netflix cinderella with amazon greyhound with apple and american pickle with hbo max and happiest season with hulu
1: a little bit for every yeah we've it's talked streaming.
0: about it's out of these films we've talked about three of these on uh on the podcast before two varying levels of quality yep. um so there you go uh sony making deals uh they maybe they just figured that the risk was uh worth it, considering that if something like Free Guy is only making eight twenty-eight million in its first weekend, something like Hotel Transylvania is probably not gonna make a whole lot of money.
1: Um, also of note here that this film's highest um biggest name, not Adam Sandler, as he's not in this film, it isn't Andy Samberg. Okay. So I think both him and Kevin James are not in this film, which may have lowered the price cost there.
0: Sure, yes. So they were probably coming out positive by making this deal.
1: Yep. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to see the fourth installment of Hotel Transylvania, sign up for Amazon Prime, or don't because Bezos money.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Moving on into Disney money. Hey, Cruella, That was a movie that came out this year.
1: I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was an original concept and not a straight, like one for one copy of 101 Dalmatians.
0: Well, did you like it enough to want another one?
1: I like to see where they go with another one.
0: Well, you're in luck. Emma Stone has scored an eight-figure payday for a Cruella sequel. Wait, this is figures. That's that's a lot of money. Minimum three,
1: six, seven, eight, ten million dollar minimum paycheck.
0: It's a lot of money, and that's up from the eight million dollar fee she earned for the first film. Ooh. At the time, was a career high for her. So is this now a career yes, high for her? <laughs> that's how that works. Gorilla has generated $221 million worldwide for the box office, and that doesn't include Disney Premiere Access Money. She is the first to be signed as director Craig Gillespie and writer Tony McNamara haven't closed a deal to return. Production won't begin on a sequel until mid-next year at earliest so don't expect a Cruella 2 until 2023.
1: At the earliest.
0: At the earliest.
1: Um, that is assuming that they do bring back Craig Gillespie, Gillespie and Tony McNamara. May have other ones. People jump on board. But, hey, I liked Cruella. Sure, That was a surprise for me. I liked it. It was the original concept. It was fresh. The London fashion flair fighting was definitely a breath of fresh air from a, what would have otherwise been a really dull and drab dog napping scheme. Sure. So I enjoyed it. I'll enjoy seeing where they go with a sequel to it.
0: I love when dogs nap.
1: And (laughs) uh, speaking of sequels and Disney, breaking news as of like three hours ago, like literally right before we started this podcast, Uh Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie, Falcon, well, Sorry, he's no longer Falcon.
0: Captain America. Captain America. Yeah.
1: From Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Captain America has signed a deal to star in a Captain America, America, America for picture <laughs> film. No idea when that will come out. Earliest is probably 2023. But Anthony Mackey has signed on to play Captain America in an upcoming film. More or less, I would like to see other people from <laughs> Falcon Winter Soldier jump aboard that train as well. But Anthony Mackey making Captain America money now.
0: Cool. That's great. I mean, that was the intention on kind of passing the baton over to him. So, uh, cool. That's great. Right. That like
1: There was no either Avengers film or Captain America film slated for the next two years. It was kind right. of like up in the air. Like, oh, he's just Captain America and he'll just show up every now and then. Not anymore. He gets his own film yep turns out so congratulations well, cool. anthony Mackey. and with that i think that wraps us up here i think Ooh. we're done
0: yeah that marathon session was not what we expected but hey you know it happens sometimes
1: I mean, it happens when you have like what six seven eight nine ten ten thoughts in a podcast
0: turns out All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the media boat podcast. We'll be back for another episode next week, but in the meantime, if you want to catch up, you can watch us in video form on YouTube by searching media boat podcast. You can find us on, uh, on services such as uh, podcast services. If you just want the audio version on Apple podcasts, Amazon, Google play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere where you listen to your podcast, you can find us by searching MediaBoat Podcast. You can also find us on the web on mediaboatpodcast.com, Twitter, our handle is MediaBoatCast. Facebook, find search MediaBoat Podcast to find our page. And if you want to ask us questions, comments, anything that you want us to know, you can email us directly at MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. That'll do it. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode. We'll talk about Lord. We'll talk about probably more some more television show wrap ups. We'll talk about um all sorts of things. So stay tuned for next week's show and have a good week.
1: Yep, we'll be back next week, like I said. um we'll all have thoughts on diary of future President. We'll have thoughts on Lord, probably thoughts on Returnal as well. Oh God, more thoughts. Wow. Okay. More thoughts. More thoughts to come. I'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.